Well, Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come into your house this morning. Father, we ask that you would prepare our hearts for what you have in store for us today. Because we know you have something in store for us that is good. That's who you are. And so, Father, this morning as we come into the house of God, we choose to say yes to you. Yes to you, Father, because you are such an amazing God. This morning we want to welcome every single one of you to Spruce Grove Community Church. We're glad you're with us today. Today our desire is to honor the Lord. Amen? It's our desire to honor the Lord. And I was thinking about this uh, this morning, and I remember probably five or six years ago, my son and I went to Cape Town, South Africa, and uh, we went to work with a ministry called Happy, Happy, Happy Feet, and we went to put shoes on kids' feet, feet, and it was a real blessing and an honor, but one of the things we had the opportunity to do is we, we had an eight-hour layover in London, and my son's into castles and all that kind of stuff. And so he said, can we go to one of the castles? And I said, sure, let's go to the Windsor Castle. And so we hopped on a bus. It took us about 45 minutes to get to this castle. And we got there, a little bit tired. We started to walk towards it. And we noticed all this commotion. And there's a police officer there. And the police officer says, where are you going? And I said, well, we want to go to the castle because we want to go and visit. He said, oh, no, 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 that's not happening today. Actually, the, the castle's closed. I was like, what? The castle's, we just got 45 minutes to get here. And he said, well, I'm sorry, you're not going in it, right? It's, it's closed. And my son's looking at me like, what? Like, that's so disappointing. And then he says to us, he says, well, here's what I want you to do instead. He said, I just want you to go over there. You see where all those kind of fences are and stuff? I just want you to go and stand there. And in about 45 minutes, I actually think you'll be a little surprised and you might be okay with the fact that the castle's closed today. And I thought, all right, well, sure, sounds okay to me. My son's like, why would I stand there for 45 minutes? We walk over to the gate, and it's, it's not very packed, but 20 minutes goes by, and all of a sudden I know there's more and more people showing up, and I'm going, something's happening here today. And so, of course, I finally asked somebody, what's going on? They're like, well, in about 20 minutes, the queen is coming out. The queen? Yes. The queen of England? Yes. She's coming out in 20 minutes. And I'm going, what? And so we are literally at the front of the gates, right there, right? And all of a sudden, the whole entourage comes out. I mean, all the English guys with the hats and stuff. And sorry if I'm torching this a little bit. I don't know the proper way of describing it. Sorry. What are they called? Yes, see, exactly. None of you know either. So there we go. The big black hats, all right? But I just remember as they all came out, then all of a sudden, Prince Philip comes out, and Prince Philip is walking by, and he sees Kaylin, and he walks right up to my son, and he shakes his hand, and he says, why aren't you in school, son? And he's like, well, I'm on holidays. And he's like, okay, well, when you get home, you go back to school. And he's like, Okay. And then this lady goes to my son and says, do you know who that was? No. No clue. And she goes, that was Prince Philip. It's like, who's Prince Philip? Right? Uh, There you go. Stay in school. Exactly, right? Stay in school. Well, then about, you know, 10 seconds later, 15 seconds later, there is the queen walking by. And she doesn't come right up to us, but she looks at my son and she gives him the big wave. And I'm like that's the Queen of England. And he goes, why is that so important to us, right? Well, all that to say this is the one thing I noticed is 99% of those people, they had never met the Queen before, never, right? But when she walked out, every single one of them were on their feet, every single one of them. In fact, they were chanting things, hail to the Queen, hail to the Queen, right? I mean, it was loud and they were vocal, Hail to the queen. They were honoring this woman that they didn't even know. Right? And the Lord reminded me of that today. That today we are coming into the house of God. Right? We know him. At least most of us do. And if you don't, that opportunity is here for you today. But we know him. And so today, let's choose 
to honor him with every single thing in us. Regardless of what things we're struggling with, let's give everything to the Father today. Can we do that? I think we can do it. Can we do that today? All right, so Father, today we choose to come into worship. We choose to honor you because you're a good God. Amen. Let's worship him. Thank you, Lord. There's a, this is a clear direction that the Lord wants to bring. Five minutes ago, the Lord gave me the, basically the same thing, and he says, just wait, just wait. And, and this is what he showed me. He says, he says, look up this scripture in Romans 8. He says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, there's a question here. He's saying, so if God is for us, Who can be against us? So the question here today that we have to ask ourselves, is God for us? Is he for you? And what do we respond? We have to respond to the question. And we can respond, I don't know God. And and be truthful and say, Lord, I don't know. Then he says, I will reveal this to you then. Because God is for you. That doesn't mean God is with you. It's far deeper than being with you. I'm with you, buddy. No, he's saying, I am for you. In other words, everything he has done, he's done it for you. That is the purpose of his being, is to bless you. And then he goes on, he says, he who didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Not begrudgingly, but graciously, willingly, he is for you. And today, that's what I believe, that's what I hear the Spirit saying. I want you to know, the Spirit is saying, I am for you. Amen. So, Father God, we, right now, this is it's a bit of a vulnerable state to be in because for some people in this room, there are areas where we don't fully trust. And, Father, right now, we're, we're actually allowing you to come in. And I would encourage you, this is this moment. There is an invitation from the Lord, and he wants to come in, and he wants to rule your heart in a sense. And he wants you to know that as you fully give these things over to him, it doesn't mean life's going to get easy, but it means that he's going to start to do something powerful in your journey. There's a promise in the word of God, and the promise is this, is whatever the enemy means for evil, what will he do? He will use it for good. That's the promise of the Father, is regardless of whatever's gone on in your journey, the promise of the Father is this, I'll shift it, I'll change it, I'll use it for good. It doesn't mean there's not hurt and pain, but he will use it for good. And so, Father, we invite you in. We invite you in, God, as hard as that is for some of us. We invite you in and we say yes to you, Jesus. Yes to you because you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the light. There is no other way. You are the way, you are the truth, you are the light. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, just before we transition here, I just feel this is for some of you out there. Rebecca just came up to me, and she's like, I have no clue why I'm saying this to you. But she said, I just keep hearing this, you know, gold, myrrh, and incense, right? Frankincense, sorry. That's it. And I was like, I don't know what that means, right? But I just dwelt on it a little bit, and I feel like the Lord wants to say something, and I felt this, is these kings brought some pretty amazing gifts, And I almost felt for some of us, it's like, I got nothing to bring. I got nothing to bring. In fact, I got nothing but a mess to bring. And I felt this word is for you today is, he wants your mess. In fact, today, that's what he wants from you, is he wants your mess. He wants everything. It doesn't have to look pretty. Whatever it is that you have to offer, if it's just a mess, he wants that mess. And so, Father God, for those in the room today, 
that there is stuff going on. Something's in there, God, right now in Jesus' name. Father, let them come to you with no more shame, no more guilt, no nothing. That they can come to you knowing that they are a child of God. Yes, sir? I feel like not only did these men, they brought these gifts, which we all know are weird gifts to show up to a baby with, but they brought these gifts they grabbed off of their shelves and they released a prophecy over the earth. They released a prophecy over the earth about Jesus that would be something that would be declared for all generations. Every nativity scene will have these They're usually weird, but these weird-looking three men forever declaring over the earth, forever declaring over the earth that this is the king who will die for you. And I believe today that, like what Chris was saying, that the Lord is asking us for gifts today and that our gifts are going to declare and prophesy over the earth and prophesy over the earth the things to come forth. Maybe God's asking you for time. Maybe God's asking you for your heart. Maybe God's asking you for a sound. Maybe he's asking you for five minutes out of your day. But if you think as a father, if you give five minutes of prayer out of your day to the Lord, what you're prophesying over your family, what you're saying over your family, what you're prophesying over the generations to come is huge. It's huge. In those five minutes, you're saying it's more important for me to spend these five minutes gazing at God than it is for me to look at my cell phone, than it is for me to go to work, than it is for me to provide for my family. These five minutes are more important. And so today, God, we ask that you would come and that you would tell us what we can bring you. Oh, Lord Jesus, if it's our tithe, if it's our time, if it's our energy, if it's our sound, whatever it is, God, ask of us today, God. And we say that we will bring you these gifts and we will prophesy to the earth who you are in the glory of who you are, Jesus. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a man who found a treasure in a field and went and sold everything that he had so that he could buy that field. Do you understand this morning that you are that field? You are that piece of dirt with a treasure hidden in it. Maybe it's not even very deep. But Jesus is that man who found a treasure in a field and went and sold everything that he had so that he could have you. So that he could have you, just a piece of dirt, but with a treasure hidden inside. There's a treasure inside of you. There's a treasure inside of you. There's a treasure inside of you. Jesus wouldn't have died to purchase you if you were just a piece of dirt. He died and purchased you because there's a treasure inside of you. And so this morning we're saying, come and have that treasure, Lord, in whatever that means for each of us. We open up in some type of a spontaneous way. We open up, Lord, and say, this piece of dirt is for you. With its treasure, with all that it contains, with all that it holds. This treasure is for you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You are a good God. We're going to transition to the next part of our service here. But I feel like the Lord, he didn't want to miss anybody today. It's like there's these little hidden messages for so many that are in this body today. And you need to know it's because he loves you. And he's willing to say what needs to be said because he wants to touch your life and your journey. Okay, so when we were in worship, did you hear Ben say, the Holy Ghost is making a promise. He's going to show up. Okay, so I haven't talked to Ben at all. But what the Holy Ghost told me this morning is that he's going to demonstrate some stuff. So right off the bat, right now, stop and take inventory of where you're at. Holy Spirit, I ask that your weight come down right now. And if you're feeling that right now, put your hands up. Okay. So we've got some signs already taking place that it's real, it's happening. Now, for the rest of you that aren't feeling it right now, don't worry. Because what's going to happen through the remainder of this service, as I speak, 
the Holy Spirit is going to touch you at different points. And it's going to be like he's blowing on the coals in your heart. And suddenly coals are going to start to glow. And when that happens, I don't want you to pay attention to, hey, wow, the coal is glowing and then it's going to light a fire over here. It's take note of the fact that the Holy Spirit is touching you and recognize that part. What I don't want you to do is be like Scrat in Ice Age and you've got an acorn and you take off with it and go hide in the corner. Don't do that. Because it's not about getting the acorn. It's about learning where the acorn came from and being able to go get more. So that's going to be your challenge. So along the way, each of you, and if I start feeling like somebody's tuning out, I might just walk back here (laughs) to see who's looking at their phones because this is important. I'm going to get in people's faces because it's important because for weeks and months now, the Holy Ghost has been building up in me this passion that He wants you. He wants you. But do we even know why? And I've got a whole boatload of scriptures, and I'm going to try and navigate this, but I'm going to be shifting on the fly too. So some presents I'm going to unwrap for you. Some of them I'm just going to go here, and you're going to have to take it home and unwrap it later. Okay? So be ready for that. And if you notice one and you go, but I want to know more about that, go home and unwrap it yourself. Because the Holy Ghost is interested in you and Him working stuff out together. So let's start at the beginning. You have a spirit. Did you know that? Okay. There's some scriptures here. I can rattle them off really quickly, but, you know, out of Ecclesiastes and so forth. God put a spirit in you. Do you know what it's for? Okay. There might be a few. So the Bible says in Genesis, come, let us make man in our image. Body's got a purpose. We know that one real good. Dance, eat, two of my favorite things. Listen to music, awesome. We got no problem with body. That's, we're acquainted with that. Soul, eh, it's a little further inside, you know. If I cut off your arm, your soul didn't go missing. Soul somewhere in there, and we sort of get it through medicine that, you know, there's biochemistry and there's uh, neural pathways, and somehow in the midst of all of that, you know, Emotion and will is happening, but largely we don't get it. Further inside is spirit, your human spirit. And we have a hard time recognizing the difference between our spirit and our soul. And largely we don't know what our spirit does. Well, I've got some things for you about what your spirit does and why it's so important. So if you're taking notes... Sorry, this is going to get weird. All over the place, bouncing. I would call a message today the eyes of the Spirit. The first eye is intimacy. So, let's grab some scriptures here. Yes, I'm scrolling that far down. There's a lot of scriptures here. Okay, so the word intimacy is from Latin, intimer, intimus, The definition is is to make known the innermost. Well, interestingly enough, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, gets talking about the role of the Holy Ghost. And what is his role? His role is to search the deep things of God inside him and make them known to us. That's by definition who the Holy Spirit is. It's laying it bare, making it known. Your spirit is about laying it bare, making it known, also being known. So your spirit is about being intimate both with God and with people. And at some level we know this, but at another level what that means is actual physical experiential encounter. So some of the people already were like, yep, I feel the Holy Spirit. But it also works person to person. And we understand this stuff. Husband and wife have spent so much time together. They've talked. In the silence, they still are connected. It's that intimacy. It's your spirit connecting with another spirit. 
Now, because God made us in his image and we have a spirit, that's the primary hookup to the divine for us. The Holy Spirit in us. Our spirit and his spirit made one. Scripture says that. So what we encounter is this idea that somehow we're way down here, we're less, we're detached, we're flesh, it's so hard and we're so far away and it's, how can we ever, and we despair. But these truths start hitting. You were made in his image. The resource is there. You have a spirit and he has connected it if you've been born again. If you've accepted Jesus All the sin stuff is done. It's out of the way. So what's left is learning to move in the spirit. So let's shift to another I. Inspiration. It's an old Latin word from like the 15 or 1600s. Oh, you know, I got to back up a little bit first here. Okay, Old Testament, Hebrew. The word for spirit is ruach. I like with the ch. It's very good. Say it with me. Ruach can be translated breath, wind, or spirit equally. Interchangeably all the time. The same word exists in Greek in the New Testament. It is pneuma. Breath, wind, spirit. Now, interestingly... Anytime you read about the human spirit, you know, my spirit did this, that, whatever, my spirit was troubled, whatever, the same word is translated when you see spirit, capital S. You are of similar nature to him. You are in his image. He uses the same word as you. So he's like you. Now, when your spirit is moving... Okay, now i got to come back to the inspiration. So the inspiration is a Latin word, inspirare, meaning to breathe on. So when you're getting an inspiration, it's your spirit activating because a wind has come in and you're getting inspired. And that inspiration we're sort of familiar with. We could go, oh yeah, I remember when that... And that's when something blows on the coals in your heart and it starts to, and you're like, ooh. Or an idea comes whipping through your head that, oh, right, that's great. An inspiration is your spirit informing you of stuff that you didn't know by mental knowledge. And that's the primary avenue that Holy Spirit is going to be working through us And where our confusion comes in is because our spirit and our soul are so close together, it's hard to recognize the difference sometimes. So the number one problem the Christians face is, was that me or was that God? And how many times do we back off because we're not sure, so I'm not risking it. But like Elijah in the cave, right? Like, we're hoping that God's going to come through and be like, this is God. God. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. Or, you know, the Hollywood light show goes off and everybody, you know, falls out in the spirit. We're, we're always looking for the big stuff so there's less risk. But what did Elijah come out of the cave to? The still, small, quiet voice. It's that inspiration that flickers. It's the, how many of you have watched Sean Bolts? Okay, so this is a guy who prophesies over people. And have you paid attention to his process? Because he'll, he'll tell you on the way what, what he's doing and why he's doing it, right? Because he'll be like, ah, I'm walking over here and why am I seeing my neighbor's cat? My neighbor's cat. My neighbor's cat is Paul. Oh, what's Paul mean to you? Oh, Paul's your last name. Oh, okay. That's really cool. It's the inspiration happening of something that he knows but doesn't understand the connection part of it. That's how God has done stuff with me, my whole experience. That's how he does stuff with you. Because God is interested in 
intimacy with you so that he knows how you think. He knows how you feel. He knows what your experiences are. And he's laying out breadcrumbs. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings to search it out. So in the last few weeks, I've been seeing you know, the numbers on the clock all line up. Everybody, you ever get that? Okay, put your hand up if you got that sometime. It doesn't have to be now. Some every day, every day, all day? Okay. So it's really easy to, to start at the beginning and go, okay, is this a concrete thing like the number 1111? It must mean this for all men all around the world. You know, and you lock it. It's not about that. It's your spirit perked up when you saw that, and he's going, And if our spirit is engaged and alive, we might pursue him and go, what does it mean? And you get another breadcrumb. Because he's building a pattern of intimacy and relationship the further that you follow him along. And along the way, he does stuff that'll blow our minds. So Holy Ghost, I'm going to ask you again right now. Settle on some different ones. Cause their hearts to flare. If you feel that pressure or you feel something flare up, put your hands up. Okay. Just keeping you engaged here. Now, we have to learn to recognize when it's happening so that we can continue moving. This is how we build up experience and how we... Oh, this is a fun scripture. Hebrews 5, uh, let me read it exactly here. Hebrews 5, 14. And I'm going to do the full translation the way it really is. The mature are the ones who have repeatedly exercised naked, using their organ of perception to discern that's what the literal translation is about. Because Greek culture, you know, the Olympics, whatever, they, all the athletes, they used to train naked. That's what it's about. So the, the point is, the mature are using their organ of perception, their spirit, and they're practicing naked. What does that mean? That means you've got to put it out there. <laughs> but seriously... You got to put it out there. You're putting yourself on the line and you're taking a risk and saying, I'm trying to hear God. The mature are the ones who have been repeatedly doing that. Because, and through that, you get sifted, and through that, you get tested, and through that, you get the, oh, I can't believe I did that. And through that, you get the learning process, but through that, you also get refined so that bigger stuff comes to you and bigger stuff happens through you. Now, because you have a spirit and you have a hookup with the Holy Spirit, all things are possible for you. But it's, it's about who's going to follow the crumbs. Who's going to practice doing that? Now, when you read the Bible, there's lots of times you don't understand what's going on, and, and there's some terms I'll put out there so you can maybe help fill in some of the gaps. So, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, different languages, when they use the word heart, it does not mean this thing, ever. What it means is the sum total of the soul and the spirit. Even though those two things are different. And from the outside, when you're not sure what the difference between the soul and spirit is, you have to just channel all of it. Go that way. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and everything. And along the way, you, you start picking up the subtleties. And this house particularly, that's what we're called to do. We're called to be open-hearted, to exercise naked, to lay it out there so that we can develop a sensitivity to respond to the things that God wants to do. Because things have happened in this house that are significant. Healings, signs and wonders, they've happened here. This, that's what the foundation of this place is. And if you're 
if you're here, you're called to be here, it's what you're intended to walk into. Another word in the Bible that you see repeatedly is flesh. Flesh is the physical part plus the soul part. And it's, just, it's all my appetites. It's the things I want to do. It's the, you know, I'm making plans. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to do this, that, the other thing. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to eat that food. It's all that sensual But even that has to get directed towards God. My heart and flesh cry out to you, the living God. And so we end up having to direct all of our resources towards the Lord. So that means, you know, part of the reason that I'm asking people to respond, when you feel the presence of God, put your hand up, is because you're actually instructing yourself that this is God, respond. And you're building some cycle. So in worship, when you feel a prompting, go with it. Because you're building a response to say, yes, I value that. We're going to do that, body. Yes, I value that. We're going to do that, soul. And in our present culture, we are directly at odds with social media and technology and all this other stuff because it's all trying to grab our attention. I just I read an article this week that blew my mind. It really dove into the the addictive qualities of of cell phones and social media. And I went through all the recommendations of, you know, moving Facebook off the front page and turning off the badges. I hate those little red circles. Did you know that engineers who know human behavior built that in order to get you addicted? That's what it's about. They want you to they're pulling your eyes in. They're trying to get your time, they're trying to get your attention. And that's a direct confrontation with a still, small voice. It's trying to keep you revved up. Go, 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 go. And no wonder we can't hear God. One of the really interesting pieces is, if I was to stop speaking and say, let's be silent for one minute, if we could like visualize where people's minds went, pew, pew. I mean, some people would dial into Jesus and it'd be awesome and some would be like, okay, I got you for 30 seconds and I'm done. Others, man, we're already out of the building. And that isn't going to change unless we begin to discipline ourselves. And that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does, right? The fruit of the Spirit. The very last one, bing, self-control. I'm pretty sure I've been saved for, I don't know what, 30 years? It's just, I noticed that one recently. <laughs> Joy, peace, yeah, I'm all in. What, self-control? Uh-oh. Because <laughs> I'm kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I can't plan to save my life. My wife can testify to that. But I've, I've said, oh, that's my personality. It's an excuse then. Uh-uh. Holy Ghost is here. Uh-oh. I'm accountable. You're accountable. God wants to move through you the same that you've ever read about. For healing, for prophecy, for whatever. He wants to do through you what you've seen done in others. And it's what we value that we assign our time and resources and attention to that matters. How many of you were here when Art Lucier was here this is not the Holy Ghost. This is just response. Okay, thank you. Do you guys remember Art Lucier talking about climbing up a mountain to build a fire? On the one hand, that's really cool. On the other hand, that is bonkers. Yeah, I mean, a helicopter's involved and thousands of dollars to pay for it all and, you know, the big trek up the mountain and whatnot. What was he doing? An inspiration happened in his spirit And he decided it's valuable, so he dumped time and money into it. He got people around him to establish it, and off they go. So he's building this legacy. Now, the interesting thing is, when you're following the Spirit and this stuff happens, then you're building also like a dictionary. 
Because if the Lord ever shows him a quick picture of fire on a mountain, that's going to have a whole pile of meaning for him. And it's the same with us. The things that we respond to build the dictionary so that we hear God better. And I realize there's different expressions. There's introverts, extroverts. I realize that there's, you know, one's got a gift of prophecy, one's got a... I get that part. God set it up so we all get to benefit from each other in different ways. However, there's commonality. Because whatever is born of flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of spirit is spirit. And because you have a spirit and His Holy Spirit's working in you, you can do a whack of stuff. So I'm just going to read out some interesting scriptures here that blasted me in the midst of all of this. Psalm 34, 18, The Lord is near the brokenhearted and delivers those with a contrite spirit. So the word contrite means crushed to dust, powder, just that means you've gone through it right that means there's been all sorts of struggle there's been pain there's been but your spirit has not hardened and resisted God your spirit hasn't gone but it's not fair you should have your spirit hasn't done that it's, it's saying Lord I don't understand but I'm with you I'm following now the interesting thing about this broken heart and contrite spirit is that it comes up several times in different places Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Isaiah, this one rocked me a little. Isaiah 57, 15, this is the Lord speaking. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit. So when the Bible says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials, because it's refining your faith, what's happening is you're giving your spirit over to God saying, okay, your ways, not my ways, all right, I trust you. I don't understand, but I trust you. And as you're getting crushed down, you're being elevated. And that's how all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to his purposes. There's a couple of scriptures that kind of divide the soul and spirit out a little bit. Isaiah 26, 9. With my soul, I desired you in the night. With my spirit, I sought you. So soul's doing one thing, spirit's doing something else. That's interesting. Psalm 77, 6. I meditate in my heart. And make diligent search with my spirit. Now, how many of you understand that, that sense of longing when you, like you say, yeah, I know when my spirit's reaching for God. Some of us don't recognize the difference. And all we can do at that point is channel all that we've got. And as sons and daughters, that's the expectation, is that we want intimacy with God as he wants intimacy with us. And we begin to channel ourselves towards that, going, I'm going to direct my heart towards you, Lord. I'm going to start offering, you know, praise, prayer, whatever. I don't know how many of you see me. I'm standing on the front row, and I'm often loud and obnoxious, and my voice is shot, and sometimes I dance like an idiot and whatnot. And it's just... I'm doing the best I can to direct who I am towards the Lord. And along the way, it works out. Not all the time. I've done some stupid stuff. But it's in the rearview mirror, so okay, it's fine. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> Romans 1.9, uh, Paul speaking. And you get, if you think about what happened with Paul, right? Like he was this guy, and then he got turned into that guy, and he went to these churches, and he planted churches, and he was shipwrecked, and he was beaten and whatnot. And we think about all those activities. But in Romans 1.9, he says, God whom I serve with my spirit. Okay, but what about the other stuff? What about all the work and the effort and whatnot? 
doesn't that have value? Well, yes. But then Holy Spirit told me this. He's like, so if you do something for your wife, like, you know, if I'm going to make her dinner and I'm going to, you know, which is, that would be a miracle, by the way, just so you know. (laughs) But go with me. It's a story. If I was to invest time and energy into finding the right recipe, getting it all together, making a beautiful meal and whatnot, I'm investing all that energy towards letting her know that she's important and I love her. And I establish an intimacy in between all that. That's good. The goal was the intimacy. The work had some value, but it's not about, well, you know, I spent four hours doing this, 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 and this, and I cleaned it all up afterwards, and there's flowers on the table and a nice bottle of wine, so we are now intimate. The same thing applies with God. And I'm still discovering how much my heart shifts into automatic. Our Father, Lord, in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, whatever you know. And you check the clock. I've been praying for seven minutes. That's awesome. I'm doing great. All the while, you know, Holy Spirit's, shut up. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because he actually wants to speak. And he wants to reach in. And that means you've got to stop some stuff and you've got to give him time to do it. I'm doing okay. Um, there's two specific groups of people in here today that I want to pray for in some fashion. And we, we may end up coming up here. Um, but group number one Oh, actually, I'll do a couple of anecdotes here first. My my daughter asked yesterday, well, so when you're walking around and you're praying in tongues, what are you doing with your brain? And the Lord says to me, I haven't thought of this sort of thing. He says to me, you're shaking the magic eight ball. You know what a magic eight ball is? It's all liquid on the inside, and there's a little viewing glass on the bottom, and it's got a bunch of answers in it and whatnot, and you shake it, and you turn it over, and then something bubbles up to the top and says, you know, really witty. Not today. It's like a fortune cookie inside a ball. (laughs) But the illustration is I'm churning the water. I'm waiting for something to pop up. You know, okay, Lord, I'm here. I'm present, whatever. I'm doing the thing, stirring my spirit, whatever. And then when he decides, an inspiration comes up. You're like, ha, he said something. I can use it. A rhema has appeared. It's mine. That's the value of praying in tongues. You're activating your spirit. The intention of your will is not requiring a knowledge. You're not requiring, I must understand what this is all about, Lord. I, I, you know, line by line. It's your spirit churning, waiting for an inspiration to come. And then when it comes, you act on it. The other anecdote was, how many of you like to watch the videos where someone's got a laser pointer and they get the cat going? I love those. Because a cat is normally a very proud animal, very intelligent and whatnot. You can make it look like an idiot. <laughs> the cat's like, yeah, boom, run into the walls. That's an indication of what it's like when you get an inspiration and then you take off with it. Why? I got something. If the cat turned around and realized that dude is holding a laser pointer, all of this foolishness ends and he goes to where the source is. That's kind of what we're trying to do. Now, this leads into the first group who we want to pray for. There's a group of people in here that you feel let down because you've been chasing the laser pointer, trying to do this living in the spirit stuff, and felt like you you got disappointed. I was going after God. I was pouring my heart out. I didn't get the thing that I was chasing. And I'm not doing it again. And how do we know if that's you? Holy Ghost, let your weight come down right now on any of those and stir their heart. Now, if that's you, it's not a condemnation thing. It's a, do you want to reset? Because I I believe the Holy Spirit is going to reset for those who want that today. 
So if that's you, put up your hand. Okay. Thanks. So we'll pray for that group. The second group. Oh, yeah. The second group is the ones who have felt that inspiration pop up in their hearts and they're like, mm. and you said no and you backed off enough that you backed over to here where, well, I've ignored God so long. I guess I'm out. Those guys are going to do this stuff. They're going forward. I see that they're having breakthroughs and whatever. I, I guess I'm out. So Holy Spirit, press on those hearts right now. So if that's you, put your hand up. Okay. So we got two groups now. I'll ask the first group. Actually, I'll pray for both first. And then if you want to respond by coming to the front and having more intensive prayer, we can do that. But Holy Ghost, right now, in the name of Jesus. And if you're not in one of those two groups, pray right now. Because we're going after a breakthrough for the lives of brothers and sisters who matter to God. And he wants them on the board and active. He wants them alive and flowing. So pray out, pray loud, pray hard, go after it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're asking for this first group who have, they've tired of chasing the laser pointer. They're tired of, of trying to follow the Holy Spirit, and they felt disappointed. I'm asking in Jesus' name for a new heart and a new spirit. A new heart and a new spirit. I'm asking that the resources of the Holy Ghost would pour out on these ones. God, I'm asking in Jesus' name that a spirit of faith would come in. A gift of faith in Jesus' name. I'm asking, God, that you would shake off the old and bring in the new. God, I'm asking for a spirit of revelation to come on these ones. We're there at the end, God. I'm asking in Jesus' name, spirit of revelation, come. Spirit of revelation, come. Ignite in these precious ones, God. We're saying we desire them in the body, and we know you desire them in the body. In Jesus' name, we're jealous for them to be connected to you. We're jealous for them to be connected to us. We say the devil can't have them. Apathy can't have them. Dullness can't have them. The darkness can't have them. Death can't have them. We want them. They're ours. They're yours, God. And so, Lord, I'm asking also for encounters to be set up for them in Jesus' name, that the experience of the encounter would overrule past experiences and negate it in Jesus' name. And a discharge of all that negative uh, uh, doubt, the, the disappointment, just discharge it like grounded electricity in Jesus' name. I just feel the jealousy of the Holy Spirit swirling over those. God, we prophesy that the sun will rise over these ones. We prophesy, just like Ezekiel, these bones can live. They shall live. Come from the four corners of the earth. Oh, Ruach, and breathe on these ones. Breathe on these ones. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And this second group who feel like they're on the outside of the camp, that they're disqualified. Keep praying, people. Keep praying. Keep praying. We're bringing these ones back into the game. And some of them are the star players that have been taken out. We're asking for the release of champions here. So Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, over these ones who have struggled 
to hear and follow, who have been afraid, God, who have, who have second-guessed, who have, who have not been able to, to, to tell the difference between it's me or you and I don't want to defame you. God, I'm asking for a divine reset. Old things are gone. New things have come. In Jesus' name. We say over them, rise again. Rise again. We'll risk with you. Rise again. We'll risk with you. Rise again. We'll cover you. Rise again. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We declare over these ones, my sheep hear my voice. Holy Ghost, now let great grace come. Great grace imparted to the spirits of these ones. Group one and group two, God, great grace imparted to their spirits for courage, for faith, for willingness to try it again, for energy to come back into the body and into the soul and into the mind. We rebuke the devourer in Jesus' name. We say, get back off of these ones. Get back off of them. Get back off of them. Darkness recede. Pressure recede. Doubt recede. Fear recede. Go back. Why don't we just stand to our feet as I close this in prayer. And again, there's no time limit here. The altars are going to be open for those that want to come and receive ministry. So, Father God, right now, we thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, that when you ascended into heaven, you left us your Holy Spirit, that we could continue to maneuver and function as a people by drawing upon you. And Holy Spirit, minister and speak to each one in this room, each and every person. Talk to them right now. And, Father God, I just pray a blessing on each one who has to leave right now, God, as they go through this week, that you would be their strength that you would let them know that you are with them in everything that they do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So feel the freedom just to stay in worship, and if you have to go, feel that release.